Welcome to our podcast. As a matter, As a matter of, of black. black. Yay. Oh. I'm Bowie. And it's me, Bali, the blackest man you know. The blackest man you know is showing up just in time for Black History Month. But we'll get into that a little later. Oh yeah, we we here, we here, we live as a matter of black for sure. I mean, it's the blackest man on the blackest podcast during the blackest month of the year. What more could you ask for? Two hundred dollars. <laughs> two hundred versus like two million. Uh, you know, saying we take we baby steps till we get to the start asking for seven figures. So we just gonna baby step it now. <laughs> Well, anyway, we're back with another episode of As a Matter of Black. I'm so happy to be back. It's a brand new, brand spanking new year that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to put too much credence on how the year been started now versus how it ended or anything like that. But just to let everybody know it's another year and we're going to take it in stride like we take the years before it and like we're going to take the years after it. We're so happy to be back with another episode. Um, really excited to like chat and talk about some really cool topics and catch up with my old pal, my favorite co-host, and then also, you know, give the people what they've been asking for, which is more content from the podcast. Yeah, live and direct, we're going to be coming with more consistency, more episodes. We're going to fill it up in 2024. Yeah, so you guys always be sure, like you, you always do, you know, to like, share, subscribe, download, hit us up on um, Twitter and Instagram if you want to be a guest, if you have um, new ideas and new topics, if you got questions or if you got answers to our questions, we always love to hear from our listeners and we thank everybody for listening. Um, we're ready to get the year started, um, you know, with the bang, so to speak. No doubt, no doubt. So, considering that it's a new year, you know, we had so much to talk about last year. So much stuff happened last year. And I'm pretty sure so much stuff is going to happen this year, too. But, like, has there been anything on your mind in particular? Yo, these days? So, so, you know what I'm saying? On my mind, it's been a whole lot, man. I've been... 2024, it kind of started out with me, you know, sitting my black tail down somewhere and just mm. get, catching up on a little bit of, you know, uh, reading, uh, a mm. little bit of, you know what I'm saying, television and and just catching up on time with the fam, you know what I'm saying, just sitting inside a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? And I came across something that I really didn't know too much about, just a little bit. And it's it's the um it's the Gypsy Rose situation. Like I remember it being in the news some years ago and thinking about how wild it was. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying now I see that she just got released from prison here recently. And you know what I'm saying, like it was like you know, a viral moment to see her make her social media post and to find out that she actually got married while she was incarcerated and all this stuff. So, like, you know, 
it just got me to thinking like like how people become famous uh out of like strange situations you know what i'm saying and become like influencers or superstars celebrities whatever you want to call it it's just like what do you think about that i personally think that it's crazy like i remember <laughs> um i remember like very vividly you know um learning about this story like you said a long time ago this girl was going through so much stuff um you know dealing with her mom and all of this stuff really kind of like happened at the kind of like around the inception of um true crime right like mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that i know about gypsy rose and like the stuff that happened with her um was around all these documentaries about sort of like what gypsy was going through and what she was experiencing granted it hadn't even been that long since any of this happened and for people who don't know like the story i do want to get like a quick like background about gypsy rose and like why you know she's essentially like becoming relevant these days so the story of Gypsy Rose is about this family, a mom and a daughter. Um, I think they were from Louisiana and like migrated to Missouri after um, Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. Gypsy was born with like some issues, maybe like she was born like prematurely or something. But then like shortly after her birth, she started having like all of these medical problems and like from her birth leading all the way up until you know what i'm saying her teenage years she was in and out of the hospital um and she's been diagnosed with all of these like crazy illnesses she had a feeding tube she was on like tens of tens and or 20 like medicines for all these different conditions and she was going from doctor to doctor specialist to specialist to treat one illness after the other Gypsy had like a she did have a father in her life but like he was kind of like being kept away from Gypsy due to her mom and from what her father understood like at one point in time she was diagnosed with cancer and they, they was like she got down syndrome and she had all these crazy things I think I might have mentioned that at one point in time she had like a feeding tube where she was eating from a feeding tube she was losing her teeth and having all these problems like she was wearing these glasses because at one point in time they was like the girl couldn't see and mm -hmm. after a while like all this stuff was basically being revealed that um gypsy really didn't have all of these conditions her mom just was suffering from this thing with with experts call like munchausen syndrome and it's essentially when parents do something to harm their children so they can garner sympathy from people around them and those people could be healthcare physicians they could be your neighbors they could be other family members they could be a spouse or a partner they could also be like something like an entity like for like for instance like make a wish foundation or something like that or like walt disney foundation which it's actually something that Gypsy like was able to experience because her story garnered so much sympathy from like these big um, organizations and these big entities that she was being like put on 
you know, a pedestal and people were like praising her and like coming to see about Gypsy and they were like learning about her story because they were so like fascinated with how she was being able to live despite having all these illnesses. So Gypsy is, um, her mom is telling people that Gypsy was younger than she actually was essentially trying to, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, I guess babyfy is a word, but like basically make make Gypsy seem like she was younger than, than she is so that she can continue to kind of garner sympathy for her condition. Mm-hmm. But Gypsy is like aging and getting older and Gypsy knows essentially that she don't really have all these problems. She knows that like her mom is making her take all these medicines and her mom is doing like all these sorts of things. They Gypsy was in a wheelchair for quite a while, but it was revealed later on that she could that she could walk. And Gypsy herself knew that she could walk. Gypsy would walk around the house all the way up until they would leave the house or up until they company would company would come over and the mom didn't want people to know that you know she could actually walk so gypsy knew things about her life that that other people publicly did not know and she wasn't as um even though she was like infantile out in public and talked like she was a little girl she had the brain of somebody who was you know synonymous with with her age so as she grew up and got older you know, she got smarter. She began to comprehend and understand what was going on. She gets a hold of the internet, finds this chat, chatting thing online, ends up meeting a, a boy online. They start this like love affair, virtual love affair. They end up meeting each other in person. Continue to have this love affair. The guy wants to basically have Gypsy run away with him, but she can't run away because of her mom. To make a long story short, she, she couldn't walk. But go ahead. Hello, right? She couldn't walk. She only could wheel her, herself. So, essentially, what happens is they conspire to kill the mom. They were successful in this conspiracy, and the the boy comes down, murders the mom, and him and Gypsy run away. To make a long story short. You know, what I'm saying they were caught. They were found. A whole bunch of stuff happens between the time that the, the lady was murdered up until the time they got caught. They get caught. They go to jail. They get charged with something. He got her, her lover got the um the higher charge. Gypsy got the lesser charge. Um, I can't remember exactly what the charges were, but I'm sure it was like murder versus like conspiracy or something. I don't know. But in any event, Gypsy gets the lesser charge. She was sentenced to like 10 years in prison. And this happened in like 2015. She served her 10 years. She's out. I believe on good behavior. I think she served she served left less than her full time and is mm-hmm. out on good behavior. Her love or ex-lover is still in prison. When Gypsy get he out of jail, out. He, he, he not getting out. Right, right. He not, he not getting out. <laughs> right. When Gypsy get out of of prison, she gets on social media. She got 8.2 million followers on Instagram. Which means 8.2 million people 
looked up Gypsy Rose on their Instagram in the search box or found her on the Explore page, went to her page, hit the button and say, follow. The week that she got out of jail, almost every hot topic like celebrity gossip show was talking about Gypsy. She was going viral because she was married and then was on the internet talking about how she getting good D at home from her man. Not only that, she appeared on, for her first televised interview on 2020, which I watched. First televised interview on 2020, the week, the week that she was released from prison. The the people like asked her like, oh, girl, like how you feel about, you know, your ex-boyfriend or whatever. And she was basically like, well, I did my time. I, I paid. I, I got punished for what I did. He need to do his time and he need to go eat that and sit on that and basically like paying him dust. Like I don't owe him nothing or whatever, which I felt like was very tactless because he killed his mammy. He killed your mammy for you, girl. And you gallivanting all up and down the um, in the internet streets going viral all on 2020 talking about your new life with your new man and how you you know finally found Prince Charming but we thought you found Prince Charming with the man that murdered your mama for you we thought that was your Prince Charming back then in 2015 it frustrated me so much to <laughs> want to see her gallivanting all up and down the internet all on 2020 people talking about her sharing her making her go viral as if she was some like common like hometown hero you know what i mean and like i know that there's two there's multiple sides to like every story and like i think i think gypsy was at one point a victim because her mom was actually abusing her you know what I'm saying? And like, I don't want to get into conversations about like who, if somebody deserves to die or not, so on and so forth. I don't know. Like, I don't own the like moral compass for that. Like, I'm not going to have a moral compass for that necessarily. But I, I still also feel like of like this crazy, like vile, sinister crime happened. Somebody died. Um, and then you are somehow being celebrated and I don't understand why. And I think it's a weird time, a weird space in time where like so much stuff is to be celebrated and nobody knows why. Somebody can go viral for like these crazy moments. They're, they're not talented. You know what I'm saying? They only just become famous because of, I don't know, people's gluttony for like watching a train wreck happen. It's, it's viewership, man. Right now, we're in the age of, you know what I'm saying, misinformation is real. Yeah. We're in the age where content and views equals opportunities. Uh, telling lies can get you, you know, dollars, you know what I'm saying, get you broke off, you know what I'm saying, being absurd, you know what I'm saying, can get you, like, as much as attention, more attention, it probably more attention than doing positive things. And so, like, yeah, I, we see it all the time. You know, one thing, one thing I want to mention, uh, uh -huh. when you get all this up, somebody at one point she was a victim. See, yeah, I remember reading 
and uh, watching the documentary on this case, the Menendez brothers, they mm -hmm. claim the same thing, that their father was very physically and sexually abusive. Yeah. Uh, they, they blamed him for like their uh, their thoughts, their motivation for murder, uh, the fact that their mom let him get away with it. And, and it was documented and proven that he had done this to other boys too. And when they murdered their parents because of all of that trauma they, they went through, they went on like lavish trips, you know what I'm saying? Spent, spent money, all this type of stuff. They showed very little remorse, which brought the which arose the tension of the law enforcement. It was like, why are these brothers not mourning like that? Well, they ain't like their parents. They ain't mourning. So similar, right. similar situation with, you know what I'm saying, Gypsy Rose. And like I say, you know what I'm saying, the fact she was, one of the things about it with her was even though her mother was abusive and even though they were telling lies, something about uh, public attention it, it, it was something about that attention that she did like yeah She's showing it now, now. most folks who commit crimes and go be high profile and they don't like to be associated with none from the past they change their name they 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 fly low under the radar they they avoid social media it, it's it's proof of this with a lot of people especially like people who experience uh reality show fame or just uh, fame at a young age, they avoid the attention. She's embracing it. And I think that's just like people like, like, like these stories. You know what I'm saying? Like Casey Anthony, same situation, well, not same situation, but similar situation in the negativity of the crime that she committed propelled her to superstardom. Like how you would like a, 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 a murder of your own child but people want to talk to you, want to read books about you, want to see you in like uh, movies and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? These are like, these are some of the things that people now like desire. They want to know the mind of these people. They want to see them talk and be in person with, with these people, man. You know, so they want to see them do celebrity boxing and all, all type of crazy mess. So it's like, you, you see where people's hearts are when they start getting negative attention and then, you know what I'm saying, um, what do they do to keep up with that attention? You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think that, uh, something, like I say, she she enjoyed part of the, the things that her mother set her up on the path to do. But at the same time, if she, she was traumatized and she was physically abused, all of these things, she was a victim. But obviously she showed the smarts to like set up Basically, contract the hitman on her mama. Yeah, that's what I she mean. Did. She garnered. Speaking of garner, garnering sympathy, like I was saying earlier, she garnered the sympathy of her her boyfriend. Yeah, so much I so mean, that he went on a whole killing spree. Met him online, and then you know what I'm saying. So she was intelligent enough to set it up, which means she, so. she was in, she. Could have been intelligent enough to just run away. Well, they they made they actually asked that question on the 2020 interview that I saw, and yeah. there was still sort of something behind like her victimization. So they were saying that, like, you know, I'm not sure. I think it was her who was saying that, you know, as a victim, 
yeah. on the topic. You know what I'm saying? You don't always, you know what I'm saying? You don't always think through that part as, you know, when you're being victimized or, or you know, you don't always just think, oh, I can just get up and run away or whatever, because you don't always feel empowered to do to do that. And, you know, it is true that her mom um, isolated her from any from mo from most other outside people. They kind of let her get close to some of her neighbors, which is why Gypsy was inspired to do stuff like wear makeup or have lip gloss and stuff like that, dress up because, you know, she's seen other girls that were similar to her age doing the same things. It was also her inspiration around finding love. Well, part of it was that. The other part of it was because she was um, this infantile like space that she was in. She was obsessed with like princesses and finding her prince charming. And so half of it was like she seen people, her peers, having boyfriends and you know having sex and things like that. And that interested her because she was the same age as them. And she wanted to experience that. And then also at the same time, she wanted to have this like princess like experience. And she wanted the Prince Charming to take her and whisk her away from, you know, from a life that like she was not enjoying. But that was kind of that she felt was bad for her. And so there was like this component where people was like, well, why you just you were you were intelligent enough. The reason why you was you were okay with some of this stuff was because you were getting, you know she was getting things she was getting fringe benefits she was getting trips you know what i'm saying she was meeting people she was um she, you know she was she, popular she was a celebrity yeah. she was getting like other tangible items and prizes and things like that and it was enjoyable yeah and you know what i'm saying and and and, and it's enjoyable that's the part of it and so it there's a there's a, a formula there's a formula to being a celebrity in this time now and it's yeah. about being consistent and about content and showing showing up as much as possible she while she was abused and isolated she knew the part about being a celebrity was to show yourself and make and take advantage of the opportunity when you're in front of people and social media gives her that now so she's already accustomed to doing those type of things and like when we make people like this, these people like celebrities, they revel in that fame. They overshare. They do. You know what I'm saying? They do. Another example. I say people can feel how they want to about it, but I'm gonna just say it. Charleston White. I mean, when he talks about what he did in his past, and and then shares like all these revelations now. All you know, he just he's he he's he just makes shock statements, like you know? hot takes. He's hot a, takes. he is like the definition of hot take. Man, <laughs> one minute he talked about what you need to do as black people in the community. The next minute he talked about you know saying rape and you know oh, saying and and how he, people deserve it. Yeah, oh. then you know one minute he talked about being a youth mentor. Then the next minute you see him pepper spraying and. And poking people with knives in public, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, like, you know, you got you, you, it's a line that you, you know, what I'm saying that he he's on the fence a lot about a lot of different things because it's like, you know, maybe this ain't the person that you need to be looking towards or idolizing any of that type of stuff. It's just a person who got a lot of random thoughts 
a lot of uh, shock statements that he makes, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and does shocking things. If, if, if this is the def definition of what celebrities are now, man, we in trouble. We are in trouble. And I think that was, you know, I think that was kind of the point I was, was trying to make. It's just that it is crazy now what defines a celebrity. And I think Dave Chappelle had a quote about like being famous and being influenced. You know what I'm saying? And I think people really have like, I don't know if people know the difference anymore, being popular, you know, and it's like popularity, you know, is something that like we need to seek out, you know, and what, what do we gain from that as consumers, like as people who were kind of, you know, watching and like consuming all this stuff and experiencing all of this stuff and like what do what are we saying to other people who who may have some of the same feelings like i remember remember when george zimmerman george zimmerman became yep. the george zimmerman that killed trayvon martin because trayvon martin's birthday just actually passed it was very like fitting you know they were talking about auctioning off. He was talking about auctioning off his gun, the gun, the same gun that killed Trayvon Martin. You know, that he was talking about being in the celebrity um, boxing match. Yep. And now he can, you know, he was just getting on, on the internet and on TV saying all kinds of crazy things after he was acquitted. You know, and I think part of that too was, I feel like part of it was like his, his guilty conscience. You know what I'm saying? Like, where he needed something to make him relevant, you know, because after he did that, he was sort of obsolete. And so I think he took that opportunity to try to become more relevant and try to become um, a shock jock almost because he wasn't, he didn't, he did not, justice was not serving that experience. And so I just think about all of these other killers and just, you know, how people just make degenerates <laughs> like people that represent the underbelly of society famous and popular and cool and give them a platform to talk about things and to, you know, be arrogant and talk about how you serve your time and how somebody else needs to serve their time, you know, despite the fact that, like, y'all did this together. You know what I'm saying? And I just mm -hmm. think it's just very interesting to watch, not only because, like, it gives other people ideas, like you said, Casey Anthony, it gives her ideas, but then it also, I feel like, could potentially breed more Gypsies, Casey's, George's, you know, Charles's, and anybody else. Like, it's just breeding another, like, microcosm yeah. of this culture. Yeah, so, like, one thing I say too uh, is that uh, man, you better watch what you bet. You better watch what you're willing to do for somebody you think love you or somebody you think you love, because mm -hmm. that could end up being a situation that you'll never get out of. And we can just go. It's a whole list of things we can name of people who do stuff out of love and then end up, you know, what I'm saying in the jail. In, in, in penitentiary for the rest of their life for something they thought they for somebody they thought they loved <laughs> and then you know the love affair is over once you get there because I can't nobody continue no romance in no penitentiary with you know what I'm saying for the rest of their life you know what I'm saying so that's that's one thing 
you mentioned too. Uh -huh. Like we, we we are the people who are consumers watching this type mm -hmm. of stuff. It's important for the next generation to not be consumed with these stories and yeah. try to relive it because like the, these are not people placed in your life for you to idolize for and you for aspire you to, to mimic and walk in the footsteps. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, what used to be news now is now considered content. You know what I'm saying? And when you know what I'm saying, when you're looking at content, you got to look at it with a lens of, hey, this is this can be informative, but this should not always be repeated. You know what I'm saying? It's just content. Some of it is sometimes it's the content that you don't really need to be watching. It's not appropriate for you, it's not age appropriate for you, it's not uh relative to you. So it's not even content that you need to be even being consumed by. So those two things. And then lastly, you know, we have to, man, we have to take back control of the narratives um, that, take back control of the narratives that we want portrayed into the media. Uh, we, we can't always, you know what I'm saying, just follow the trend and let that be the, the hot topic in our communities to, to the point where everybody's pretty much talking about the same things because yeah. there, there, there are people out there that literally will try to, you know what I'm saying, take advantage of that and, you know what I'm saying, just based the, their own, uh, I'll say, their own medias, their platforms, they'll use them to just talk about those type of things because it's what we're talking about. So if we can change like the conversations a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, we don't have to worry, we won't have to worry about this as much, but part of that is um, creating our own media or resources and platforms that focus on things that is something that we can talk about and have productive conversations about because like social media is like has people messed up in the head to the point where they're oversharing they're doing things just simply for the interaction they lack the inter interpersonal skills to actually you know what I'm saying uh meet and build relationships with people so everything is online and, and people are you know what I'm saying using online platforms every day to communicate instead of talking one-on-one -on -one or picking up a phone call. Everything can get misconstrued and misinformation. It's just, like I say, it's just the age of it right now. We, we're all day long, we read lies and watch people repeat lies. And then we got to go debunk the lie and people are doing this on purpose. You know what I'm saying? So like, we got to get in a better mind, state of mind, basically. But yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think um this is a time for us to reflect and you know what I'm saying think, start thinking about like who who are some people out here that actually uh need their story told, shared, uh produce all of that. Because I guarantee you for this young lady that we're talking about right now, 
There are going to be so many things that we're going to have to avoid just listening to this story. And for the people out there, I mean, we get it. It's people that are victims of crimes all the time. But like, like, you know what I'm saying, there's a lot of inner work that has to be done before you hop out on social media after being traumatized. Because sometimes, Definitely. Yeah, you 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 know what I'm saying? You you uh you start seeking attention before you even heal. And, and I, that's, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say hopefully, and hopefully she can use her platform because if she decided with if she can get these many followers, hopefully she can use her platform to talk about something other than how she getting good D at home. Like I think that was that was wild to me. You know, not trying to sex shame or slut shame or nothing to nobody, but that would be the least, the furthest thing from my mind. I'm, I'm thinking, um, once I understand that people know that, like, I'm out on bail. You know, I think about um, um, someone that I follow. Um, I can't actually can't even think of his name right now, but he went to prison. For a for a long time, mm-hmm. and when he got for murder, yeah. like he himself murdered uh somebody, and he went to prison for a long time, and I wish I could think of his name, but he like when he got out of prison, the first thing he did was not talk about how he was you know getting snatched and getting cat. He was talking about how he wrote a book. And how he's a part of like a prison reform um, organization. He was talking about how he was invited to the White House, you know, under Obama. And, you know, he was just talking about how he was trying to make a difference. He was on Sway in the Morning. He was on Breakfast Club. Just sort of talking about his experience with the criminal justice system, his experience with uh, prison reform and trying to end recidivism and trying to help people not, you know, go down the same path as him. Like, Mm -hmm. And I don't think, and he ain't got eight million followers, and I feel terrible because I can't think of his doggone name. I'll probably put, I'll find it and plug plug him um, in the comments. But I know he ain't got 802 fo- million followers. Uh, I mean, 8.2 8. million followers on Instagram, even though he's been doing like really, really good work. Um, all that sort of goes, you know, is overshadowed by a gypsy rose. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. We, we gotta we gotta highlight the positive and stop focusing on this negative so much. You know. Well, back to the basics. Happy to get that off my chest. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I, it sounds like you you had a you had a, a moment to breathe. Um. <laughs> Yo, you know what I'm saying? What else been going on with you? What you been doing? Well, something I thought I've really just been, you know, like you said, been living my best life and just trying to reset, trying to see like what um what I want my year to look like. I just recently told somebody about uh my relationship goals and like relationships or really not relationship goals. I should really say like socialization goals um last year i had goals to um like fortify relationships that i had with women in my life and be really intentional about that and um 
either make new girlfriends or just strengthen the relationships that I had with my current girlfriends. And I feel like I did that. I was really happy and proud of myself for like doing that. And so this year I kind of want to switch gears and just like leverage more opportunities to socialize. Like I want to meet new people in general. I want to meet people from like different walks of life and like different backgrounds. And I want to like be intentional about being social like I want to introduce myself like to people I don't know and be intentional about like if I meet somebody out and I think they're cool just be like hey do you want to hang out again like and and be like immediate about that or timely about that so that I can actually make new friends um not that I need new friends, but just like open up myself to new social opportunities and like social um, situations. So I'm excited about that. You got 20 friends times 11. Okay. <laughs> so I could have 40 friends times 11. Yeah. Be, it'll be great. But to your point, earlier that really actually what I wanted to kind of segue segue into when you were talking about like truth and lies and like the opportunity to tell truth and whatever however you phrase however you phrase that I really wanted to segue into the the um the new iteration of Wendy Williams be a be a club Shay Shay The new iteration of the Wendy Williams show be a club Shay Shay. So you really think like this, this I'm asking a serious question, okay? Okay. You really think that he got the new Wendy Williams? Because I never really watched her show. Um, so I don't think that he is the new Wendy Williams in that really? like he is like on brand with Wendy Williams but I think his I don't know if it's his environment Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just the types of guests that he are bringing on but he is definitely garnering like the like you mentioned earlier content like as if Wendy Williams were was doing it you know what I'm saying because Mm -hmm. Wendy Williams was I mean, she was a little more raw. She was a little more like no filter. I think yeah. Shannon, Shannon Sharp definitely has class. Um, Wendy Williams would actually pry to get information, yeah. but, but Shannon Sharp does not do that. However, he sort of like lays a foundation where he does not. Um, he he's he lays a foundation where he sort of allows his guests to just like there's almost no structure to his to his interviews and so it really allows his guests to essentially like say whatever they want about whoever they want in whatever way that they want that's one thing the other thing is that like he doesn't even have like a, a time limit because at least Wendy Williams had an only an hour. 
I mean, she could have been doing other interviews and things like that sometime, another time, or publishing blogs or whatever. I think she did have like an after show. Mm-hmm. Shannon Sharp don't, he just goes ahead and lets you speak for however long you wants to speak, whether it's four hours, three hours, two and a half hours, an hour and a half. You just have as much time as you want. Shannon say says, whatever you want. Shannon said, come up here on your off day. He said, come up here on your off day and just spend as much time as you want talking about whomever. And I think that is that that sort of speaks to Wendy Williams' model in that the, he may have a filter, he may have class, but his guests, they don't have the said filter. Whether they have class or not is up for debate. Already. Well, I'll say this. Like I say, and, and let me say this right here. I ain't gonna say that I ain't never watched no Wendy Williams show because I've definitely seen clips, bits and pieces. I just mm-hmm. ain't never sat down and said, I'm gonna turn on the Wendy Williams show. You know what I'm saying? But like I seen clips where she would get real messy, clips that mm-hmm. Clips of when she passed out and stuff like that. So I seen a little bit. That's why I was like asking that question. Cause I'm like, sometimes I remember seeing her own guests go off on her, you know what I'm saying? For like being too messy, you know? What I'm <laughs> um, yes. But you know what I'm saying? Like, first off, I mean, man, you know what I'm saying? That Cat Williams interview. I don't know how many views it got, but I do know that, like, you know, said so people was like, that was one of the most watched interviews of 20, I guess that was 2023, or was it 2024? Maybe, I can't even tell if it was this year or last year, but it's only been a month, so just give me some grace. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. was that was that was 2024, and it's got 57 million views. Yeah. Cause, Cause you know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't expect like a cat we was interviewed just to be like go viral like that. I mean, he say stuff all the time, you know what I'm saying, in interviews, and it, it don't really catch everybody's attention. But for some reason, on the platform with Shannon Sharp, he got like the most attention, you know what I'm saying, from that. Uh I like definitely. Yeah, I like Shannon Sharp for if it, if it's one reason I like it, I'll say this right here is the reason. Uh-huh. Shannon Sharp for our generation, I don't know if the younger generation is even watching Club Shay Shay. But Shannon Sharp is literally getting rid of some culture vultures. You know? Okay. I like that. I like that he, point of view. He, he getting rid of some culture vultures because when you can, when when Cat Williams sit down with you, and then you already got a list of A list celebrities ready and willing to say, "I want my next interview to be with you," or "When can I set it up with you?" We get rid of the uh, Vlad TV. We get rid of uh, old girl Bobby. Uh, we get rid of, uh, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about that little, that little mm-hmm. girl that act real the, uninterested with, in everybody she talked to black with the mom jeans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, you know, what I'm saying we get rid of, you know, Rosenberg, 
we're getting rid of all these folks, you know what I'm saying, who sit and eat off the culture and go back mm. to their happy suburban white lives. Hello. But they eat off the culture. So at least with Shannon Sharp, we know he authentic because he is a black man from the South who elevated to a, a sports star, became a commentator, uh, really carried the show on his own because he was the most interesting person on there between him and Skip. Left on his own terms or whatever terms it was, maybe it wasn't his own terms, but it got bigger once he got to do his own thing and take creative control. Yes. I, I support it because, like, he wasn't doing it like this until he got up out, out of them shackles. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever uh, they had him on the, on the sports commentary, man. Him and, you know, Ocho Cinco, man, they didn't – every day a clip coming down my timeline about something they say. So I like it for that reason that he getting rid of the culture vultures. And, yeah, as a black celebrity – I feel like you need to go holler at Shannon Sharp if you want to give everybody the exclusive, somebody the exclusive, go go holler at him. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's time out for like, you know, everybody going to sit down with Vlad and everybody going to go sit down with, you know, whatever white person we didn't, well, I ain't gonna say we, whatever white person y'all all didn't invite to the cookout. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's time, it's, it's, it's time for us to tell, share our own stories with our own people and do it our way. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I seen clips of that cat, I, pieces, bitten pieces of the cat was. I was mm -hmm. like, man, it was hilarious. You have a natural uh, allegiance <laughs> to losers. That's losers. not like you. You know, like, <laughs> he got, he has, and, and then cat said something real too. He was like, you know, uh, it's important that we don't. Uh, allow liars to, you know, what I'm saying make room for. Well, I, I'm, I'm like not quoting it by word for word, but he basically said it's important for us to not allow liars to control the narratives, basically. Yeah. You know and, and so I thought that was dope. And then Monique, I mean, I've been very critical of her. Mm. She had, I have, you know, I admit it. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting to know. Be quiet. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, you know, she deserves her space too. To yeah. Talk and say how she feel. You know, she's talked about, you know, uh, a lot of different situations. Uh, but it comes to the, the industry and how she's been treated and how she's gotten paid and everything like that. We see Taraji P. Henson is doing some of the same. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's important for her to speak on those platforms, too. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, when our folks got something to say, we need to make sure that we got media personalities available, you know? Yeah, I think it's a great, definitely a great look, and I'm sure it's been a great look for the for the people that's been on the show that have things to promote and talk about. My favorite line from the Cat Williams was him talking about Cedric the Entertainer looking like a whale or something, and he was like, he's sitting up over there looking like a whale, and 
and you ain't say nothing. Yeah. on liar. You know what I'm saying? Liar. Ricky Smiley can't act because Ricky Smiley can't act. <laughs> yeah. Nah, okay, look. Cat Williams said, I found I found a quote because I remember I said it in my notes. He said, it's important in the checks and balances of the universe that liars not get to make complete narratives for themselves. Hey, I thought that was brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's brilliant. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I, I support I support Shannon right now. I support what he's doing. I don't know if it's going to get wilder. I don't know if it's going to get, you know, and more spicy. You know, I don't know if, you know, it's going to get so popular that corporate demands start coming into play. But right now, I think it's, it's serving a purpose. Uh, he's letting people talk and, and, and tell their truths. And you know what I'm saying? He got he got it kind of he got it controlled pretty well right now. And I I like I want to see more personalities. And and you know what? And I say that to say this too. I want to see more personalities. Mm -hmm. Everybody ain't gotta be famous before they become this personality. We got quality folks that do interviews and things like that. They just don't have a name and a notoriety that Shannon Sharp got. So that gave him mm -hmm. a leg of the competition. But there's some talented people out there who are great interviewers. They know how to pull from people and get uh, authentic answers in, in, in comfortable environments, you know what I'm saying, and, and ask the right questions. So I think we just need more opportunities to see that, you know? Right. I agree. I'll definitely be checking out some of the um, other ones that's coming. That's coming. I mean, I don't probably, I don't have the time to watch three-hour interviews every day or every week, yeah, but... Yeah. You know, if they come down, I find them to be interesting. I did watch the Monique one. I thought it was it was good. I watched most of it. Um, and so, yeah, I just think it'll be it'll be good to see, like, how far it goes and like how much um, it'll excel in like the 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 podcaster slash talk show space. I'm interested in seeing that, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I watch some of this Monique joint. I was listening to some of the clips yesterday, and yesterday was the first time that I finally realized I was like, "She from Baltimore." Oh, you didn't know that, so you nah. just be just sleeping on the girl. You just ain't been paying no attention to Monique never. I I mean, I remember, hey, Mister Ogilvy, I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's I haven't crazy. really watched a lot of interviews of her. And, and I got to actually watch like about 10 minutes yesterday. And I was like, oh, it's strong in her voice. She's from Baltimore. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we see who you we see what you've got going on. Oh man, stop. Thanks. All thanks right. for letting us know <laughs> <laughs> what side of the coin you're on. Tyler Perry. Oh, fan. word. Okay. All right. <laughs> About to let you go a little bit. Oprah fan. What? Okay. Already. So I got another topic real quick. I'm ready. So I am one of those people 
and I don't know if you're one of these people. I'm, I'm gonna ask you right now. I kind of think you might be one too, but I want our yeah. guests. I want our guests to think about it as well. I am one of those folks who will watch a movie, mm-hmm. a documentary, TV show, whatever. Mm-hmm. And first thing I do after, especially if I like it, is I get to googling. Mm-hmm. I want to who that actor was, who the actress was. I want to know who that singer was. What? He, what's? How long did he or she take it before they made made it to like you know fame or whatever? I want to know you know where they're from. All this type of stuff. And so, because I plan on keeping up with them, I might not follow them on social media, but I plan on keeping up with them. So, this portion I want to talk about is where are they now? <clears throat> I'm talking about black folks we saw back in the day or recently. And then they seem like they just disappeared from, you know, saying public sight. And my first person that I want to know where they are now, but I hope you got some too. Young Dro. What happened to Young Dro? You know what I'm talking about, right? The rapper Young Dro? Yes. Yeah. Shoulder lean, shoulder lean. That song was like so big, you know what I'm saying? So major. He had so many lines in the song, man. We was repeating the word for word. We was in the club, shoulder leaning. We was at the dance and shoulder leaning. And get it right two step, you know? Uh, my girl got a girlfriend. Chevy Blue like whirlwind. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I for real, I have not seen or heard anything from Young Dro in so long. I'm wondering, like, what is Young Dro up to these days? Is he still rapping? Why nobody asked him to be on Love the Hip Hop Atlanta? I would have, I mm. probably watched the episode if he was on there. Uh, why nobody else ain't signed him? What, what what's up with him and Ti? You know what I'm saying? Like why he ain't coming? Mm. Why he ain't touring? I don't see I don't see no Young Dro stuff. Maybe I just ain't been looking hard enough. But like whatever happened to Young Dro? Man, that song was like that album was good. Best thing smoking. Uh, and like I say, he that- had one of those. Dro had one of those like he had like a whole he had the total package to me like. He was a dope rapper. He had bars. He he had personality. His his uh he was like he was dressing like preppy, and at the same time, yeah, gold in his mouth, shades on. But he had on like a pink polo, you know, saying some Easter green polo pants. You know, like he was he was like I like I see dudes like him all the time. He had he he had he was fashionable, charismatic, all of that. And then I'm like, I felt like Grand Hustle fumbled the bag and like he should have been the next superstar. And now we're sitting here listening to T.I. Sons rap. I'm like, where is Dro at? <laughs> Where's Dro? That at? is, wow. Oh my God. Okay. I, I have no idea where Dro is. I actually, full disclosure, 
I don't know who who Joe is. I do know the shoulder lean song, but I don't know what he looks like. I don't. I am not. I am not. I have no idea about how he used to dress. Oh, I ain't know he was signed to Grand Hustle because that is that is interesting news to know. Man, yeah. He, so he, I he don't had, know. He had a whole he had the whole plan set up for him. But anyway, who who are you thinking about? So I'm 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 with you on the rappers. I don't know how long we're gonna be at this, but I'ma say my rapper. Okay. If we going I don't know how many rounds we going. I do have a rapper, but I'm gonna save mine. But I have some concerns about, and these are actually people that like I don't think anybody knows. But I have always wondered, um, because you know, like I'm gonna switch to movies and actors and actresses. Yeah. But you know, like when you see something like a moonlight, and you may see like, uh, you know. And introducing, and you see somebody's name that you're not familiar with or that you don't know, yeah. but they're like, you know, and then they kind of become a breakout star. They get other roles, they get other sort of things. We can watch the trajectory of their career. Like we saw that in Moonlight, but yeah. I'm gonna take it back to one of my favorite movies, um, Ray. Yeah. Like one of my favorite movies is Ray, and like. I felt the strength and the emotion and just like all the things every time his mama came on the screen the, or the right. person that played Ray's mom. Right. Her name is uh, Sharon Warren. I don't know this lady from A Can of Paint. And I have never seen her before. I have never seen her before. I have never seen her after her playing such a strong, like beautiful, you know, role in Ray. And she got some, she got some takeaways too, when she was just like so like emotional at you know at the funeral when her son had died, had drowned. Mm. And then when she was like in the house and and you know, she was trying to help Ray fig- navigate himself as a blind man. And she was like, you don't let nobody make you no cripple. And she was just like in her outfit. And she was just like the emotion. And like every time she needed to cry, she was crying. When she was like, uh, I think there was a scene where she had to like get somebody together because like they they either didn't pay her or they like over they overcharged her or something for something. Yeah. And she had to like get somebody together for that. And I just thought she was like a spectacular. Um, actress, and I just never seen her again. And I actually want to do like two of these because I don't, ain't no sense of me doing like separate. But between her and then the other, the boy that played young Ray Charles, uh-huh. he was a force to be reckoned with on the screen as well. He was a little boy, and he was carrying those scenes as young Ray Charles. And I've never seen. I never. I've never seen him um, in anything else. I feel like he would, that would be a face that I would recognize and that I would know. But um, but I haven't. I haven't seen either one of them since Ray. And I think Ray came and like came out in like twenty two thousand four. It looks like. 
Mm -hmm. Haven't seen either one of them since. And that makes me sad. Yo, that's real. That's real. That's real, yo. You know, uh, I think I had mentioned to you one time about Ray's, the lady and Ray, because I was like, man, I thought I was going to start seeing her and everything after that. Like, I thought she was going to be taking over things. And then, you know what I'm saying? She, I, I ain't seen her since then, but yo, that's definitely a good one. Yo, uh, I'm taking back a little bit. I'm gonna take it back to the '90s song. Yo, this movie is a staple in black, uh, in black families in the black community. the The movie gave us probably one of the top three. Mother's Day anthems. And I'm talking about soul food. Boys in the Hood, song for mama. You know what I'm saying? Loving you is like food to my soul. You know what I'm saying? Hey, every time we get a Mother's Day shout out, you looking for you looking for a song? You said boys in the hood, or don't you mean boys to men? I'm boys confused. to men, my bag. Yeah, dog. Whoa. <laughs> Boys to men, man, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like you make that IG post and you want to dedicate something to your mama. You got two songs that I feel like people go to. They go to Tupac Dear Mama and they go Song for Mama by Boys to Men from Soul Food Soundtrack. And Great Buddy Songs. And and Buddy, who was the main character, uh uh, what's his name? Ahmad, man, you know what I'm saying? Buddy, buddy, he was tricking everybody, telling everybody he had the he had the fortune that his grandmother left. He was talking to uncles, aunts, his parents, tricked everybody into coming to the house just to burn down the kitchen. Man, he had them going, and then when he when he and he he told. He told everybody he was tripping with them tears in his eyes. He was like, that's why I did this. Big Mama wanted us to do that. So I, so I lied. So I lied to get everybody together. That's Y'all know that's what Big Mama wanted? Tears was <laughs> in that boy's eyes. I was like, ooh, he missed his grandmother. He do. That was, that was he did good. Where he did is good. he at now? <laughs> That boy was acting. He was acting. <laughs> he was acting, man. He said, y'all notice what Big Mama wanted? Vivica Fox had to grab him. She was like, come on, baby. I'm like, man, I don't know what he got in him before that scene started. But man, he broke down in that kitchen, made everybody, everybody was, they went from mad at him. He lied. Then he set the kitchen on fire. I'm like, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Big Mama told me not to leave, not to leave that, not to leave that towel on the stove. I'm like, <laughs> what happened to my man? I don't even know his name, but what happened to him? I yeah, feel like I feel like I seen him in something after that, but I I I couldn't tell you what it was, so I might just be lying. To be honest, okay. I don't know. I don't. I didn't see him in nothing. Nothing after that. Mm -mm -mm. He should have got an Oscar for that. Man, uh, or oh, at least a Nickelodeon award. 
for at least an NAACP Image Award. He didn't get one from the he didn't get one from the kids channel. He didn't get one from the NAAC. I mean, he might have got we gotta go look it up. He might have got an NAACP award though. <laughs> he might have got one. We just we just never watched it on TV back then. You know what I'm saying? Oh gosh. That's actually a good one. I just remember he was so adorable. Like he had like a gap or something. He had them teeth and like them big old eyes. That boy had that. And then big ears. He was he was adorable. He was a cute little man, little boy. That's a good one. Already. So the rapper I was talking about earlier that I have is our friend uh Rich Boy. Throw some D's on it. Oh yeah. Ooh. I, I some Oh, spoil it. If you let you want me to spoil it, go ahead and say what you gotta say about Rich Boy. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say nothing other than I don't know where he is. I, I mean, I also don't know any other um song he did other than Throw Some D's, which is a great song. I think he did Throw Some D's, and I think there was a Throw Some D's remix, which is very, you know, right on par with early yeah, rock. Did he have another single? Maybe he had another single, but it wasn't. It didn't go as hard as Throw Some D's. I listen to Throw Some D's every week, at least once a week. I think it's a great song. I think it's a great video. I remember thinking how peculiar he was. Like, he looked funny. I know he's from, like, some R-Trade place, like Mobile, Alabama or something. Yeah. And um, he never really popped, like, I was gonna say him and Dave Benner from the same place, but they but Dave Benner from Mississippi, he never really was get to David Banner level. Yeah. And so I just have always wondered what what happened, what what is going on with Rich Boy? Rich Boy, man. Yo, so Rich Boy, throw some D's on it was big. Like people started making they all throw some D's on the remixes. Man, yeah, you're right. He's from Alabama. Man, Rich Boy, I, he got this one song after that, like some, a couple years later, called Gold Kilos. But uh, I remember back when he first dropped that Throw Some D's on it, uh, I had talked to somebody from his hometown, and they was like, y'all late, y'all late. He been he he put that song out like four years ago. We we been listening to that throw some D's on it. Y'all just finding out now. I was like, man, okay. So you see, he had the grind and work ethic because he had a song he felt like was was a hit, and he ain't stopped working it. But uh, man, so like a few years ago, I I came across something on social media, and it was sad. It seemed like Buddy had uh got on drugs real bad. Oh man, and Thanks. uh. They showed the share like photos, and it looked like he was just like not in the best health. Looked strung like out. he was living out on the streets, kind of strung out. Jesus, uh, dealing with the law, getting arrested behind his addiction, all that type of stuff. So that was a couple years ago. I hope he's doing better now because I ain't seen nothing recently. But that was like a couple years ago. But yeah, rich boy, rich boy, definitely uh was one of them guys. You know what I'm saying? He was really good, and he was a lot of fun. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that you know we would 
see more. I mean, I guess, you know, back in the day like that, though, like a lot of these artists came out, had really good singles, and a lot of them did kind of phase out, which is really yeah. sad. Yeah, that was the era when Atlanta was just really, it's funny, but the South just really had a chokehold, or still kind of in some ways sort of still do, but a chokehold on the industry. And so it was a lot of rappers coming out. A lot of rappers coming out. Uh, I got another one. I got another one. I mean, she kind of, she kind of like one of the mysterious people. I'm not going to say too much about her, but she one of the greatest uh, mm. singers. But you just never know where she is. She never do interviews. It's like she drop a single every 11 years. You never know what's going on with her. What's up with Sade? I don't know where Sade is. I would like, I would like to hear some Sade music. I know Sade got to be in her fifties or maybe even sixties now, but it's like, it's like, it's like Sade ain't dropped no music in like twenty years. It seems like. Where, where is where is she? I know she's probably in Europe somewhere, but what is she doing, Sade? If you hit, if you listening, uh, just. Hop on social media and just say hey in a tweet or something like that and log back out. We just want to know what you're up to. Take a picture. I don't know. I recently saw something about her being like going on tour or something. Did you see nothing about that recently? No, send that to me. That, that, I mean, look, hey, sometimes you ask some things and then you just you you find your blessings. I can't I can't hold no grudges because I'm too busy counting these blessings. Uh, go ahead. I, I could have sworn I seen something recently, but. You know, I, be, I see so much. Yeah, I feel like um, that's actually a great point, though. I remember, like, I can't remember what year it was, but one year I had bought my mom for Valentine's Day. I bought her new album, um, Soldier of Love. It had just, I think it came out on Valentine's Day. And I bought that album and some roses, and I gave it to my mom for Valentine's Day. And she really appreciated it. So my mom is a huge like Sade fan. I like her too. I have a um, I think I have one of her albums on vinyl. Mm -hmm. I think she's great and very talented, but she is very mysterious. And like her kids yeah. are. I think I also recently saw like a thing with her kids. But yeah, we never know like where she is or what she's doing. She's so like evasive, elusive, elusive. Brutal. So. I got one more. There's also an act, uh, um, an actor, and I mean, I don't know. He ain't black, I don't guess, but I don't know. I don't know what he is, but one of my favorite shows and one of my favorite characters from the show, New York Undercover. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Detective Eddie. Word. <laughs> Where is the detective? <laughs> like he was so like smooth and like cool on that show. I felt bad for him because you know he had this like strained relationship with his daddy, and he was trying to like ha have a relationship, like a real relationship with his dad, but he really couldn't get it right. And you know he was in love with uh with Nina, but they was always kind of going back and forth. And he had this great relationship with um uh, with Malik's yoga um 
character, but they was also still always kind of like bumping heads every now and again because they both had like really strong personalities. But I just loved every time he came on the scene. I love Detective Eddie. I thought he was great. I love when he um his uh police foot chases. Those were always fun to watch, and I love like his emoting and things like that with his relationship, his romantic relationship, his uh, paternal relationship and like his platonic relationship with his, um, with his uh, detective partner. Mm. But I feel like after New York Undercover, Eddie just disappeared with the show. I know in the show he got blowed up and like it was, it was very traumatic for me. I was, I was very young and my mom told me like, oh my God, Detective Eddie like died. And I thought he died for real. And so I just remember feeling like this sadness like wash over me. She was like, oh my God, like he died for real. He just died on the show. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, oh, that still kind of sucks. So now I don't get to see Eddie no more. But maybe I'll see him like on an episode of Martin or something. Although I don't know if Martin and that show came on at the same time. But anyway, I just always assumed I would see him again. And I just never did. Yo. It makes me Nah, I ain't seen him either. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's all I was gonna say. <laughs> Great. Well, you're no help. You at least have hope that Sade may be going on tour. Well, yeah, I mean, it's different. It's different for like actors don't go on tours. They either, <laughs> either find a show or a movie to get in, and if they don't, then you know what I'm saying? They gotta, you know, figure it out. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I'm just like, yo, I remember him, you know what I'm saying? I, I forget it. I know his first name. I mean, no, I know his last name, De Lorenzo. I remember that much. Okay. Uh, but uh, I had to look it up because I ain't seen, you know, so I ain't seen them in nothing. And I was actually trying yeah. to think that I see them in something uh, re like a movie recently, but that's somebody else that I'm thinking about. It's not him. It's not uh, It's not Eddie. It's not Eddie. Well, Eddie, if you listening, Rich Boy, if you listening, Dro, if you listening, yeah. and everybody, everybody else who we feel like the the young lady from a uh, Ray and the little young boy from Ray. If y'all listening, Soul Food. Don't forget my don't forget my young dude in Soul Food. Oh yes, you don't. Yes, we need to. Any one of you guys, give us a call. You know, we'd love to see where you where you are. Actually, we would love to know. <laughs> we would actually love to know. Like one of my least favorite things. I'm gonna be a little dark here, but. One of my least favorite things, like when you be asking about somebody, they be like, "Oh, you know, they had the past." You be like, "Oh my god!" And it's just like I don't like that, so I'm yeah. almost scared to actually <laughs> like look into some of these people because, like, that's my least favorite thing when you be asking about some somebody that you've seen on TV, like, um, you know, whatever. Like, it's some characters from like Moesha or something. I've, I've I be thinking about sometimes, like, are they alive or whatever? But then some of them had not passed already. And so yeah. I hate that feeling. So hopefully that's not the case for any of these people. And they're like out thriving and living and working in some capacity, doing whatever it is they want they want to do and enjoying it. That's my hope. Yo, we, I, that's my hope too. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to figure it out. Some of my, some of my good, 
some of my good homies, you know what I'm saying? I remember growing up with y'all. I want to know what how y'all doing. So I'm gonna have to Google some of these people, you know what I'm saying, and get hopefully see some good updates. But yo, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think so I want to end it on a positive note. We well, it's kind of positive how we ended it anyway. Speaking yeah. people's names up in history, you yeah. know. Um, Black History Month, you know, it's around it's around the same time every year, February, of course, but we celebrate Black History all year long. But since it's February, um, what what you gonna do for Black History Month? Are you doing anything in particular? Um, I am, you know, just trying to stay as black as I can be. Well, one of the things that like I talked to a friend of mine recently and um, he was saying that what he'd been doing is like reaching out to folks in his phone, like kind of going down the line and just like checking on people that he hadn't heard from in a while. And I actually have time to do that now. So I've been um, doing something similar, just sort of like checking in on like black people that I love and care about, or at least at one point had a really good had some kind of rapport or a relationship with people be having a hard time like in life. And so mm -hmm. I think that like, it's important to just utilize like energy to sort of help lift each other up. And what, what perfect time to do that than to do it like during black history month. And so I'm trying to um, do that now, just sort of like catch up with folks that like um, I haven't heard from in a while that's been really important. Um, and also just like continuing to, it's, it's really hard also like for Black History Month to be like, this is what I'm doing, like blah, blah, blah. Because like, you're right. Like Black History Month is like 365 for me. Like it's always been, um, I just recently shared something about the, um, the EJI Institute, the um, Equal Justice Institute. And so I've been like doing that, finding really cool articles that are like, around like black history and um sharing those things online sharing with people my contemporaries and my friends i'm hoping to be able to some to support some events i donated to um a couple of uh campaigns and um a friend of mine asked me to like do them a favor and so like something that's really 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 important for them to like um that will just like allow them to like have a better like quality of life and have like more peace of mind. And so I plan on like doing that for them. And just like I said, donating, like I'm signing up for some um campaigns, for like, like some political um canvassing candidate campaigns. I'm doing I'm signing up like this month, but I'm sure I'll have to canvass like later. And like I said, donating and just like just being intentional about supporting black, being black. Staying oh, black. Oh, <laughs> doing oh, my God. hair, right? I'm doing my hair. And um moisturizing. And um, yeah. That's funny for me. For me. Already. Well, all I'm doing, well, shout out to everybody that's doing things, putting on events. Um, this month, you know, saying I'm focusing on you know, getting the word out there about voting in this primary. So early voting start in Pulaski County. 
February the 20th. So y'all make sure if y'all register to vote, go vote in this uh, primary. You got people on the ballot. Go do your research on them. Make sure you make an educated vote. Uh, we got open mics popping off on February 6th, 17th and February 24th. Everybody also honoring the life of Bradley Blackshaw on the 24th. So check me out on social media. I'll be dropping some info on the location to honor Bradley Blackshire. You know, he was murdered by Little Rock Police Department officer Charles Starks. Uh, I believe that was five years ago at this point now. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, We're going to lift up to his family, lift up his his children, his friends, and we're going to celebrate his life, honor him, and continue to uh, speak his name. And on the 26th, uh, for those of y'all who haven't seen the film, Rustin, Rustin, a powerful story about Bob Rustin, the uh, civil rights activist. Uh, the man was the architect behind the March on Washington, but he mostly was blackballed and erased from history because, one, he was a black man. Two, openly gay. Three, he was considered a communist and a socialist. And four, uh, also a sex offender. Uh he was labeled a sex offender because at the time it was illegal to participate in sexual activity with the same sex. So if you were caught in the act or caught in a place where that allowed those type of things to happen, you were arrested and given the title of sex offender. So all of these things were the reasons that he was basically hidden away from our black history, but he was a right-hand man of MLK he was there working with Ella Baker. He was there working with A. Philip Randolph. All of these names that we know in black history. So Rustin, we're going to film that. I'm going to show the film February 26th on Monday night at 6.30. Come early for the champagne toast. Everything is going to be free. Champagne going to be free. The movie going to be free. The panel discussion going to be free at the Ron Robinson Theater in Little Rock. So that's what I got going on Black History Month, y'all. Excitement. So yeah, we'll probably um tag and post some of these things in our uh in the details of our description box for the episode. Um I'm so happy that we finally got to um talk about all these topics and celebrate in time enough for Black History Month. And I can't wait to like to do it again. I'm so excited for this year. No doubt, me too. Well, I'm about to go take a nap. Okay, next time we got to do four ingredients. Don't forget. Oh, okay, y'all. Y'all let us know what y'all think about this episode. I'm going to go get some beer with four ingredients. You know what? Maybe we should Maybe we should do four ingredients with Ashe Brewing Community. Oh, wow. That'll be perfect. All we right. should totally do that. Yeah. All right, I got a growler. I'm going to go get the growler filled up and we're going to do it off that, all right? All right, cool. All Thank right, you, everybody, for listening. Peace.